iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper, and this is my Celebrity Playlist Podcast. I chose these songs because uh, I did a lot of research for um, the blues album that I was doing. And um, now I, I love music anyway, and I get lost in record. When record stores were, when they were plentiful, I would get lost in the stores for hours and just look at covers and racks of <clears throat> covers and listen to different things. And um, they'd always be an expert on this kind of music, an expert on that kind of music. And, you know, I'd always go just to just to be there, just to, to touch them and, and look at the music. Um, when I first heard Bobby Blue Bland, it was because I was doing research for... Um, this CD in 2004 and I had gone to Amoeba which I don't even know if it's still around anymore but um, I went in and the guy said you know I need blues I have to put me to the blues department I have to go through everything so he showed me this Bobby Blue Bland record and it was beautiful it had and it was so stylish it had aqua and cream and he was dressed so sharp and it kind of looked like you know the joe jackson cover only in color you know dress sharp <clears throat> because it was so sharp looking and um and that's when i got to hear bobby Bluebin and um and don't cry no more was in 2004 so i had been actually collecting these songs for a long time. And then, of course, there was all the people sending me their favorite songs. And, um, you know, when I found these songs, I'd go look for every single version I could find. There were other times, you know, I, I sat with another guy, Rick Chertoff. I was going to do a, an album with him, and then that didn't work out, and I did a different album with him. But we used to sit and listen to blues songs. And one of them that had come up was Bright Lights, Big City. And I really loved that song because when I was a kid, I snuck in the Fillmore. Actually, again, you know, I, I also like to get lost in bookshops and look at, you know, photography books and visuals. And there was this book on groupies. And the clothing and the fashion was so extraordinary to me. And I, of course, I, I love fashion too. <laughs> and um, I didn't read the other stuff about them. I just looked at the pictures and the clothes. And so we used to also, as kids, go down to the Fillmore. And if you didn't have tickets to get in, you could also wait online and just talk to the people because the people who went to the Fillmore were so cool that even the people online were cool to go see. Um, and then we'd all hang out online together. So one night I went down uh, specifically to see the groupies because of the way they dressed. And they told me how to sneak in. So I just listened to them and did it. And I walked right behind Rick Derringer and Johnny Winter. And it was a blues show. And I followed them and went right backstage with them. And the road manager for the, all three groups, his name was Red Dog. So long ago. And he said to me, where were you? You're supposed to be on stage. And I guess... I looked horrified, and they threw me out because they could tell I wasn't the guy. And 
I had always been in folk bands, and you know there was a rift between folkers and rockers, and and you know if you were a folker, you weren't a rocker, and you weren't any good because you were wimpy, and you know I didn't have anything against the rockers personally. I just was having to you know like folk music because I could play it, um, and I loved and adored Joni Mitchell, so. I got thrown out of backstage. I stood in front of the stage and I watched Elvin Bishop and they were doing Bright Lights, Big City. And the girls, the background singers, which the guy thought I was one of them, they were singing and I was listening to them singing. I realized, oh, yeah, that's not hard. I could do that. I could do that with my eyes closed. And it was the first time I really considered that I would be able to do that kind of music. And so when I was listening to Bright Lights, Big City, I was like, yeah, yeah, we got to do this song. And then you realize why I love that song so much and why I want to do that song. Ultimately, I tried doing that song and it wasn't right for me. But I'll play it for you because I think it's a great song and it tells a story. Anyway, have a listen to Bright Lights, Big City. Pretty baby I hardly knock yourself out Oh, go ahead Pretty baby I hardly knock yourself out I still love you, baby Cause you don't know what it's all about In those days, everybody was playing blues, and that was our rock. You know, there was the blues bands, but it was, you know, it was rock. And the thing about blues and going back to it is that blues is actually, was actually the beginning of, and the basis of everything we sing. They were the rockers. They were the jazzers. They were the modern music as we know it. And um, the singers of the blues music that I listened to helped shape what I sang most of my life. You know, like people like Billie Holiday, who later on you realize it's jazz, but it's blues. It's swing, but the, the base of it is blues. If for me to go back and sing all this stuff was, you know, and also I wanted to sing it for six years, and, and there was one business thing, it was another business thing that wouldn't work out. And, um, while I was getting very frustrated with everything, I would listen to my girlfriend. She started writing this album. And uh, there was this one song that she wrote that's called End of My Rope, which, you know, for a long time I just kept singing. You know that song, Don't Ever Listen to Anyone, which is in the song. You know, it's always, I get it wrong. But um, uh, this is my dear friend and fellow artist, singer, songwriter, Angela McCluskey. And it's called End of My Room. Baby, don't wonder why. Maybe I've come to the end of my road. Digging deeper so I can come. Don't ever listen to anyone. Maybe, just maybe, I can't be by. Smallest smile, cause smaller than I got. After I started doing, you know, listening to that and listening to blues songs, I started listening to um, 
you know, Memphis Minnie. Um, and she wrote this song, you know, because as you start studying and listening to all the old blues songs, you start realizing they're singing in code. And 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 they're they're, they're describing a lifestyle of oppression, and and you start to realize it. And then, of course, as you think about singing a blues song, you don't know. Well, maybe I should continue the legacy and sing in code. But by the time I got to sing this CD, I started thinking, you know, in the time that we're living, and what's going on here, what is timeless? You know, there's everything timeless about the blues to me, but but what songs tell a story and they're timeless? So I started to look for stories. Scott Bomar, who I met through Josh Deutsch, um, he had his songs. He said, oh, send me the songs. So I sent him, you know, songs. I mean, I had so much, you know, so many songs, and everybody always chirped in and said, hey, how about this one? I, I even, you know, I did something at Feinstein's, you know, for the True Colors um night and you know and and it was one of those things where you could just you know I didn't have to worry about anything I could just have really a lot of fun and sing every song nutty or not that I loved forever old new you know mostly I sang old songs that I thought were fabulous um and things that were very funny you know because you could be as silly as you wanted and it was cabaret it had to be and um Michael was sitting there giggling, and he said, you know, look up Little Green. You should do Romance in the Dark. So I looked her up. Now, Romance in the Dark, this is an interesting song because, you know, most of my life I studied Billy, Billy Holiday, as a young singer, and so much that I felt very close to her. <laughs> and I never really wanted to sing like her because I knew that she would want you to study her and then make your own thing, not be like an imitation of her. So I always, um, you know, always remembered that. And when I listened to Little Green, it was around the same time, I guess it was recorded. Uh, and I, I'm going to play it for you too. Um, have a listen to this. It's called Romance in the Dark. In the dark with you All at once I knew Darling, love was near. I thrilled to my fingertips. I could feel your lips, darling, oh so near. The music was so enchanting. You know, when I sat with Scott Bomar, he had his thing. He uh, started um, playing me uh, Louis Jordan. And there was one Lewis Jordan song that really popped out, of course, that I loved because um, it was lively. It was kind of Carib. It was. It reminded me of New Orleans and Memphis, and it was blues, and it told a story, and it was fun. And I remember when we were going in to record it, and the poor horn player said to me, well, you're not going to do the intro, are you? I said, hell yeah, I'm doing the intro. That's why I'm doing the song. Um, but not the only reason. It was the story. And because at that time, we had Alan Toussaint in the studio. 
And we did these two songs before, Shattered Dreams and Mother Earth. Now, Mother Earth, now there's an interesting song. Now, Memphis Slim cut it, and this group, Mother Earth, with which was Tracy Nelson's original, uh, that was her band that she uh, came out of and then became a solo artist, and uh, she had written down so low, and I covered that too. I did. I did want to do all songs that were timeless. So um, I wanted you to be able to hear them. You know, Mother Earth, there's a, a lot of, there's like the two versions I pulled up were from the group Mother Earth and Memphis Slim, which if you go to Memphis, they actually have his house. I mean, they're going to fix it up because the Stax Museum is involved with the preservation of these places where um, Memphis Slim lived and Memphis Minnie, you know, where she was born. And um, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting because they know and the city goes up around it, but you can kind of get it like a snapshot in your head of what it must have been like back then because these houses they preserved well are in the process of preserving so anyway have a listen to mother earth even diamonds and pearls you may buy that plant baby and fly all over this world don't care how great you are don't care Now, after that, I wanted you to listen to the Lewis Jordan version, the original version of Early in the Morning, which sparked the idea of that, you know, he the reason he played me Lewis Jordan, Scott, was because he said that B.B. King really loved Lewis Jordan and had talked about Lewis Jordan. And then I looked up B.B. King and he did Early in the Morning and he did some, you know, Lewis Jordan. But... I figured, you know, it would be really great to have Alan Toussaint and B.B. King on the same song. And this magical little song that told a story and did all this, you know, there was a lot of action in it, you know? It was really fun. So, um, and it reminded me a little of Girls Just Want to Have Fun in an odd way because you know with girls just want to have fun when I did the video I kept saying no it's like an Italian movie from the 60s when Sophia Loren she's out all night and she comes home carrying her shoes in her hand dancing down the street and because I'm not quite sure what movie that was but I remember as a little kid that's what I saw so that's why I did that um and when I heard early in the morning I saw the opportunity to relive that movie moment in my mind. Had a little date with my baby last night, now it's early in the morning. Ooh, in the morning. Early in the morning, and I ain't got nothing but the blues. I went to all the places where we used to go. I went to her house, but she don't live there no more. Anyway, so the Lewis Jordan song, Early in the Morning, was kind of a feel of, like, a story. Anyway, this is, this is what we did to it. I hope you enjoy it. But I just wanted you to see 
how it goes, how things, you know, a lot of times I thought I was sounding just like them. And when I listened back, I was like, oh, I guess I didn't. <laughs> you know? But anyway, you'll see. And and I left everything in our version, every, every, you know, wrong word and everything. Because what I learned a long time ago from Janis Joplin was it's not the words you're singing, it's the feeling you're singing. So that's what we tried to capture, the feeling. So here you go, early in the morning. We just looked at me and said, Ma, you look beat now, it's early in the morning. While I was shooting and while I was doing, oh, in all the years that I was waiting to do the CD, there was one song I kept playing over and over because what it had in it was a woman who told a story that kind of stopped my heart. It was the most honest, um, brutally honest portrayal of a, a woman wronged in a song. This is Etta James singing I Would Rather Go Blind. I would rather, I would rather go blind, boy Than to see you walk away from me, child So you see, I love you so much That I don't want to watch you leave me, babe when, when I was in Blue Angel, which was a, my first recorded band, you know, your whole life, the holy grail is to actually make a record. And for years and years, you know, I, I made a record and then I, I, I tried to get off the record label because I, I didn't think it was going well. And then I found myself in a club one night that had graffiti on the wall that was, that said, are we not signed? No, we are demo, D-E-M-O. And I was like, I was destroyed. <laughs> um, so I did what anyone would do at the time. I spray painted my hair blue and I went on and sang, I'll have a blue Christmas because it was New Year's. But in the interim of all that time in Blue Angel, I was listening to an album that came out called Ladies Sing the Blues. And there were several versions of these albums. But on them was this fantastic singer called Big Maybell. Now, the one song that I listened to, I don't know, since my first recording band, was a song called Don't Want to Cry No More. Don't Want to Cry Anymore. And I, um, I actually did a version of Don't Want to Cry, I Don't Want to Cry Anymore with Jeff Beck. But that never came out, and that project didn't happen. But it was the catalyst of uh, allowing me to think that I could actually go back and sing the songs of the people who basically taught me how to sing. And this is one of the big ones uh, for me, uh, Big Maybell. 
and this is Don't Want to Cry Anymore. And you see, listen to how she tells this story. It will kill you. I mean, it killed me. My heart and I have been a fool, I know. If you don't love me, let me go. Cause I don't want to cry. And this song is what I listened to because I was thinking I was going to do a duet with somebody and it was so funny. Of course, it would have to be modernized a little bit, but it killed me. It was so funny. It's um, called Gabin Blues and this is Big Mabel and I don't even know who because I got on, you know, I didn't get the album cover. I got iTunes and I didn't look at the the credits or anything but these two are having a ball and it's pretty funny and the thing that I was really funny for me and fascinating was that you know being in Memphis the uh the whole idea that at the crossroads people would come from Mississippi up to Memphis and then after a while in Memphis, they would go on Highway 61 up to Chicago. But everyone would always travel through Memphis and walk in those streets and eating the food and being a part. It told a story, a rich history. And for me, when I listen to this song and I hear her go, she says she's from Chicago. She got Mississippi written all over her. It made me realize the history and remember the history of the road that people traveled to sing and create this, the basis of what everybody sings today because blues is the basis of everything, of every kind of music, including dance. It is the basis of it. And I, uh, so I'm fascinated by the history of it. Anyway, this is a hoot. You'll love this song. It's Big Mabel, Gabin Blues. Here come old evil chick always telling everybody she come from Chicago. Got Mississippi written all over. You better stop trying to run my business. <laughs> Look who's got business. Oh, I'll have to do what I hate to do. Go ahead and do it. Ain't nobody scared of you. Better stop trying run my business. All right, so I told you about the crossroads. And the thing about Robert Johnson, you know, I heard about Robert Johnson and B.B. King through Eric Clapton, you know, when I was a kid. Uh, but the whole Robert Johnson legacy is... Uh, a remarkable one because he died when he was 27. So everything took place in a short time. And the wonderful music that he wrote and created, really, it was a brief time when you think about, you know, growing older and, and, and how much wonderful music you can create. I'm choosing this one song because when I was a kid, I heard this song actually when the Rolling Stones recorded it, it's called Love in Vain. And um, 
when I actually heard Robert Johnson's recording, I was, um, I'm always transposed, uh, transported to uh, another time, transposed, well, maybe that too, but transported to another time when I hear an old recording because you can almost hear the air. You, you, you know, it just sounds like it, it, it's, it, it's exciting to hear the history. And, uh, when Johnny Lang came to the studio, we were talking about how recently um, somebody decided to take the tones. You know, they, they always have the tones on everything we record. There were tones that they put in the beginning or on the recording. And uh, this guy, Alan uh, Lomax, who went down to record everyone, and he recorded Robert Johnson, his machine apparently ran fast because somebody put his tones, matched them with their tones, and his tones weren't quite in pitch. So when they put it to the proper pitch, they realized it was fast. And if you go online, you could see the real pitch of Robert Johnson's voice, which is another remarkable um, experience. It left the station with two lights on behind. When the train it left the station with two lights on behind. Well, the blue light was my blues and the red light was my mind. All my love's in vain. The song Love in Vain creates a picture of a woman with a suitcase. And for me, I saw a dusty road, I saw daylight. And when I sang Crossroads with uh, Johnny, we wanted to go back to the original version, which was, kind of, and we kind of wanted to do kind of a swampy thing. With all of the artists that I worked with on this CD, like, for instance, when Johnny came, I arranged the music with Johnny and then kind of like with the other musicians around. I'd say, well, you know, I'd kind of like to do this and what about this feel? And um, they call that head arrangements. <laughs> I don't like things written down um, because I feel that they're stifling. And they, they kind of don't allow you to forget. They help you to remember. And I'm always looking to forget so that I can get lost or found in a song, in a story, in a moment. And um, Johnny was looking also to play. You know, for Johnny, he was playing and singing. So it's a whole different mindset. And so he sat and he played in the room and I sang. And when I sang with uh, Skip and Lester and, um, and Howard, but Skip is uh, the quintessential guitar player for me because all of my music, including my ringtone on one of my phones is Shaft and that's his guitar and his wah-wah guitar. And he is one of the guitar players 
whose riff has influenced music of, you know, a majority of my recording life. So to play with him was uh, kind of extraordinary. Um, anyway, when we when we all started playing together in that manner, it, to me, freed everyone up to just fall into the interior rhythm. And when I was singing, I kept seeing this woman in daylight with a, a knee-length dark skirt and a, a white blouse and, um, and stockings and, 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 you know, low dark heels, simple um, heeled shoes um, with a, a hat, a brimmed dark hat, and um, uh, she was walking the crossroads uh, in, in a, you know, with a suitcase, and I, I kind of sang her, and I kind of sang what I heard on the tapes, um, listening to uh, the Alan Lomax recordings of uh, Robert Johnson, and I kind of sang the stories that I read about um, of all the people that traveled through there to play their music. And um, anyway, have a listen. This is our version of Crossroads. This morning, Lord, baby And I'm slowly sinking down Down, down, down You know, when I was listening to Louis Jordan and he has an album that's like the jumping you know, it's kind of like um, Caribbean, Jamaican, New Orleans, jazz, blues, funny um, storytelling music. Um, I also came across this song by Mos Def that had a rhythm that reminded me of the rhythm that Louis Jordan did in uh, early in the morning. And um, anyway, it's called Quiet Dog by Most Death. Quiet Dog by Hall, my God. Sit in a rocket, don't stop. Brooklyn in the kitchen, heat up the stove top. Bang in the Empire State, the navigating the way. Your preservation makes the greatest hip hop. They cool dudes swag a little cherry corny. They flow so fatty, unsteady, it's boring. These dudes ain't dope, but they on it. They need to get off it. So whack, whack is all you can call it. Therefore, moving on to death is stimulus. Regardless what's on the wood, tan, you represent a bulletin to all of you. So this is Zen signing out. Thanks for listening to my celebrity podcast. Ciao, ciao, bambino. Rivadarchi Roma, Aldiwa, and all that goodbye stuff, baby. iTunes Celebrity Playlist Podcast.